Colin had a problem and a microphone to spare. Thomas took it up and so the podcast went to air. For weeks and months they trolled through every single DVD. They've unwrapped all the ones they can and now they're cellulose free. Now they're cellulose free. Hello dear listener and welcome to Cellulose Free. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. What have you been up to? Um, I, I went I went for a walk at one point. When did you do that? I think it was like last last week, late last week, and that 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 was about it, really. Good. Oh, I did a watch along of a German game show with some people in other places that are not here. <laughs> Good. Uh, now, when you say it was uh, a German, yes, uh, was the language spoken German? That that is correct. Were there subtitles? No, no, they were not. Right. It went for about five and a half hours. A five and a half hour game show. Mm Mm-hmm. And started at 4.15 local. A.M. Not not P.M. Okay. I can see a few things uh, problematic with this. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. (laughs) Well, most of it you can pick up just by watching. Right. And the rest, you deal with. <laughs> okay. The game show is called Schlag den Star, or Beat the Star. It's a spin-off of a previous show, Schlag den Rab, Beat Rab. Um, Poor Rab. In, in that show, civilians faced off against a popular German celebrity. And Let me guess, in, called Rab? Yes. <laughs> Right. Uh, in this show, uh, it used to be that a civilian would play against a star, and now stars play against stars, often in similar fields. They, they play up to 15 games, each worth an increasing number of points. Ga- game 1 is worth 1, Ga- game 2 is worth 2. You can see where this is going, right? No. And... The winner is the first one to reach 61 points. Good. And this is played live, and it goes on for some number of hours. Until it... a terrible time. Finishes. Yeah, until it finishes. Right. And then they play a repeat of a previous one to fill time. (laughs) (laughs) Like like cricket. but, But we don't watch the repeat. Right. Because it's already happened. Uh, and is there uh, lots of conversation whilst this viewing happens? There's plenty of conversation. There's <laughs> even conversation in the breaks, which are long and badly placed. Uh, are there advertisements during these breaks? There, there are, yes. Are they German? They are German, yes. Okay, good. And we play games during those breaks, just among ourselves. Right. For fun. You uh, do the English voiceover of the ads. <laughs> N- no. Right. No. More game shows. <laughs> Good. More, more game shows in between the game show. Uh-huh. 
um, Blazeball's back. Um, of course it is. There's the gift shop, and some players are now capital N negative. Um, and and we're but everything's fine. Everything's just fine. And I don't know. I don't know what what would give you the idea that there were any problems going on. No, no, no. The 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 coin has cancelled the seasonal reading and the reader going on a, a bit of a tear, but it's fine. It's all fine. So it's all fine then. It's fine. Good. I went for a walk today. You did. I went for a very long walk. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know how it compares to last week. Why do I pick Wednesday to do it? It's it's a brilliant question. Because uh, I'm exhausted. Well, today was, uh, there was a particular reason, because the next couple of days, the weather uh, forecast is atrocious. So I thought, if I'm going to get a walk in, I'd better do it today. Yeah, but, but Wednesdays and Thursdays, they're, yeah. they're not not the best choice for this podcast. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, yeah, that so sounds like your problem. It does. Um, if I fall asleep during this film, you just throw a cushion at me or something. Mm. But it's unlikely that that will happen because this is a good film. It is. What are we watching today? We are watching Flight of the Navigator. The not Disney film? No, it's not a Disney film. <laughs> uh, th- those listening in the US might be confused uh, when we say that Those in Canada as well mm, might be confused that it's not a Disney, a Disney film. No. Uh, for the rest of the world, it is, in fact, a PSO, Producer Sales Organization film. <laughs> uh, so, who, what, fact, what a name. Who, in fact, uh, hold the rights for the rest of the world and uh, got Disney to distribute it in North America. So, for anyone not in North America, this was not a Disney film. And so, so we're watching it on Stan for those of you in Australia who uh, are wanting to watch it to find out what we're, we're talking about. It's on Stan. Yep. Um, what is it all about? What is it all about? What is it all about? It. Uh, do you have a... <laughs> yes, I do, I do have you it. You do? Good. I do have it up. Good. Uh, I realised I should probably bring it up. Yes. Seeing as we don't have Seeing as we're not going to watch it off the disc. There is no case. Uh. David Freeman is an ordinary boy destined for a most extraordinary adventure aboard a spectacular interplanetary spacecraft. After a mystifying disappearance, David returns, possessing vast navigational powers that enable him to take this amazing flying machine anywhere he desires. His crew is a wisecracking robotic Commander Max and an assortment of bizarre extraterrestrial creatures. Embark on a fun-filled, fast-paced journey of fantasy and adventure as David takes off on a flight of a lifetime. I do apologise last week when I made a comment after you'd read that, uh, making mention of when you said starship. You'd never said starship. No, I said spacecraft. You said spacecraft, which is a whole different ballgame. Um, 
Um, yes. So um, we, we've got uh, a film to watch. We've both seen it before. It is a, a favourite, mm. um, but we should have things to talk about after it. Yeah, Star- Starship is a, a subset of spacecraft and sort of implies something a bit big. It does, yes. Um, it is not big. No. But uh, this film is, and we're going to watch it, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Turn to side B. Mungrel. So, what did you think? Ah, it's it's a good film. It really is. It's it's just a a it's a feel good film, even though there are moments of um trauma. Really, mm. uh, I mean, can you imagine <laughs> going through through what this kid? And, and look, I'm not going to do any spoiler alerts. This film was released in '86. So, uh, and yeah. If you fell down a hill and woke up eight years later, completely unchanged, how would you feel? Yeah, completely unchanged. You get up and go to your house and find that there are strangers in there and definitely moments of trauma and uh, upsetment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've invented a word for today's podcast. Upsetment. It has aged. It has, um, yes. There are moments that, uh, in and bits of conversation that don't quite work, or, or that wouldn't fly today. No, no. Um, actually, it's interesting. There's there is a connection between this week's episode and last week's episode. Do you know what that connection is? I've forgotten what last week's episode was. Was so. safety not guaranteed? Right. You're not going to get it. No. Uh, it is a really vague and tenuous connection. Okay, so last week's film was Safety Not Guaranteed, directed by Colin Trevorrow. Mm-hmm. Back in 2012, Colin Trevorrow was asked by Disney to rework a script right. that had been written for a reimagining of this story. So... <laughs> So there, there have been talks for many, many, many years of, of redoing it, and uh, and talks are all we've heard. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I'm of two minds as to. It's one of those films where I think the argument of, look, come up with a original idea, would be a better use of money. Um, and let this stand on its own because it does. You know, mm. um, you've got some notes. I do have. I do too. Some notes, and I suspect there's going to be some overlap. Mm. Okay, so the opening act, the triple of the whammy, film. the opening act of the film. Uh, we start with um, several things that look like UFOs <laughs> but are not UFOs. We we have a a, a silver saucer, which turns out to be a frisbee, and and we spend some time with frisbees during the intro and the opening credits, and then a shadow passes, and it's a blimp. Yep. It's fine, and then oh, there's something behind that tree, and it's a water tower. Yeah, yeah. I, I that that was my triple whammy. So mm. yes, <laughs> and then we fall down the ravine. We come back, 
The lighting shifted a bit, some time's passed, obviously, and everything seems the same as we work our way up to the door of the house, and then... There's someone else there. <laughs> and the house is has been completely redecorated and... Yeah. And, uh... and we spend the next few minutes slowly getting to the point that it's eight years later. <laughs> yeah. And, and the interesting thing, bringing those two things that you've just pointed out together, is that you know that this film has a spaceship in it. Mm. And you keep on getting these teasers and, and thinking, oh, well, okay, here's the spaceship. No, it's not. You you don't actually see the spaceship for about half an hour into the film. So, And it's only a, an hour and a half long. So mm. as far as having those initial teasers of here's the spaceship, no, it's not, and then having the actual story develop, before you introduce the mm. the actual spaceship, yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's, it's a good thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else did I have in my notes? Um, okay, the the director um, also directed Grease, the movie, mm-hmm. and you can hear on the radio in the car i think it was um one of the songs from greece right back in uh, when the the film was initially set back in 78 mm. what else have you got um oh boy faraday is a real scumbag he really is he absolutely um yeah. it's interesting that um Okay, so this was 86, and E.T. was a couple of years before this, and you've always got the authority figures as not knowing whether their intentions are good or not. Mm. And and Faraday's intentions are good. Technically technically. good. (laughs) Um, But uh, the the number of... Yes... uh, (laughs) The, the, the ends justify the means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He certainly doesn't intend any harm to uh, David, but he, uh, at, at least physical not physically, harm. but um, withholding him from his parents is, yeah, who... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the parents who have not had this child in their life for... Eight years. Eight years, yeah. Um, bit skewy yeah mm. david immediately recognizes and you can see that he recognizes that there's a two-way mirror in his room yes <laughs> uh, okay this is a weird room look to the right oh that's that's a weird mirror why is there a mirror in here <laughs> and eventually he does make a, a reference to it as he bashes on it saying you think i'm stupid i've mm. what do you say i've watched i've watched enough. i've watched tv yeah yeah i've seen films um very much an 80s soundtrack mm-hmm. um alan silvestri yes uh who would go on to do much more mainstream Stuff, yeah. Uh, well, it's it's interesting. This is listed as being the first movie soundtrack 
that was completely electronic. Mm. So um, it was a synth clav. And, and it's very much of its time, but it's a very good Very much soundtrack. of its time, but it's, uh, yeah. It's a, well, yeah. uh, I mean, it helps that he's a genius. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Silvestri would go on to compose for Back to the Future and the Avengers films. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, are, are renowned for their soundtracks. Yeah. So, yeah. Anything uh, else that you. I, 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 I just. It just keeps coming. All right. um, music videos are weird. Yes, music yeah. videos are weird. The one they showed, which was for Blanc Mange's uh, Lose Your Love. It's, <laughs> it's a reasonably weird music video, but mm-hmm. weirder have come in the years since. Yes, yes. Um. <laughs> and it's amazing how many uh, directors uh, cut their teeth on music videos. Mm. <laughs> and the technique has certainly improved over the years to a great extent. Mm. That is not to say that there are still some really bad music videos out there. Um, we're, we're introduced to the Ralph and to Carolyn, to supporting characters in our tale of adventure. As an aside, the first thing that sprang to mind when I saw Ralph, the the robot, um, sort of flashing light and... and Zooming around on its on its wheels is uh, uh, Kmart is about to have a robot that, from what I can understand, is very similar in in right uh, in nature that will wander around the the stores, uh, keeping track of stock and knocking over civilians. Uh, look, it, it's just um, a a plan that's just uh, yeah. I don't know how uh. that's going to work. I really don't. Um, yeah, but it'll wander around the store. Mm-hmm. Have you got anything else in your notes? Um, I, I, I guess we should talk about the, the, the joys of child actors and child stars. Shall we touch on that? Yeah, let's let's take a break in the middle of this rundown of the film. <laughs> okay, um, and he was great. He was great in this. Um, the 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 kid who played David, but he didn't do very much afterwards. Had a role in Daryl a year earlier. Yep. And then yeah, there's it's not a lot here. Nope, nope, and. So he eventually went back to Canada and uh, worked at a sporting goods store and then started to have trouble with the law, uh, prosecuted for careless storage of a gun, Uh uh, receiving a sentence of three months probation, then possession of narcotics with the intention Uh of trafficking. And Uh, then he robbed a bank? Then he robbed a bank. Yes, um, uh, he wore a disguise to commit the crime, so he got charged for that as well, fleeing the police and dangerous driving. Right. uh, For which he was sentenced for two years custodial, uh, less a day. Right. I don't... Some sort of limit, probably. Canada law, probably, as well as two years probation. And then they made a documentary made a about documentary, it. Which I went... Tr- tr- I'm quite sure I have seen it listed on one of my streaming services. 
But when I went to watch it this afternoon, I couldn't find it anywhere. So I don't know what the story was. But I, I think that covers um, the the unfortunate situation of... Uh, Jerry Kramer. <laughs> well, Jerry Kramer and a big, long list of um, of child actors who get chewed up by the system and then spat out and don't know how to deal with deal with it um, and, and quite bizarrely soon after we found out this is what we were going to be watching I stumbled upon quite by accident a back in the 70s uh, an English um, child artist who actually got talked into going up against the likes of Donny Osmond. So he, he was meant to be the next big thing in the UK. Um, his name was Darren Byrne, and uh, his dad actually worked for EMI Records. And, nice. and his mum was pushing him, and, and the, you, you can find interviews of him as a... Um, an eleven-year-old, twelve-year-old, um, so the same age as um, the actor playing David, um, uh, very articulate, and had sort of a couple of semi-hits, and then the studio dumped him like a, yep. a lead balloon, and um, yeah, eighteen years later he committed suicide. So <sighs> just yeah. I mean, there is, there is certainly more to the story than that, but, um, you know, you, you've got kids who, uh, like the kid who played the Artful Dodger um, in Oliver and then did H.R. Puffin stuff. And, and then he went off the rails and history is replete with childhood actors and, and singers who uh, are mismanaged and and are not given the support that they need and um, yeah, mm. bit sad. Yeah. All right. Well, right. I'll get off the. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the Meanwhile, film, back in the film, yes. yeah. Um, we have the data dump. We find out where the ship is from. We find out <laughs> how it has turned out that David has. Not aged in eight years. The MacGuffin. Go, going quite fast. Uh, yes. Um, but, uh, but we can't fix it. No. Because he's too fragile. Mm. Stupid, fragile human bodies. Yes. Um, uh, uh, we, we escape in the Ralph. And there's this really nice shot in this escape sequence where a big truck... Pulls up behind the Ralph, the, the, just just towering over it. Yeah, and and the the compressed perspective of using a long lens, uh, for, yeah, it, it was very difficult to determine exactly how close the truck was to Ralph with the kid purportedly inside. And then they and both the, pull away the, in separate directions, the, the, the and it's fine. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, there were uh, that shot, and there are a couple of others where the uh, the trucks coming over the the crest of the hill mm. with the uh, spaceship on the on the back. Um, a lovely shot, and mm. 
And finally, we get a good look at the ship. We get a good look at the ship. And our first look at some CG for the film. Because down come the stairs. The CG in this film, in parts, holds up reasonably. And in other parts, not so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, sometimes reflections when things are moving <laughs> aren't great. No, no. And uh, there was a, a shot where they they went to the effort of making sure that the lights of the city were reflected underneath, but they're a different colour to the <laughs> lights of the, the city. Um, the stairs, I think, were actually traditionally animated. Right. Don't think... Um, the, the morphing of the the ship into the the sleeker design, I believe, was computer animated, but the the sequence where the the stairs come down were um, a more traditional style of animation. I could be wrong. If there is any dear listener out there who wishes to argue, and then bring it on. Um, and then we head into the ship, and inside the ship. It's very detailed. There's a lot of bits here, and it's all very shiny. There's just so much noise <laughs> to look at here. Oh, and, and did you catch yourself trying to see whether you could see the reflection of the camera? Oh, I didn't, no. Right, but... I, I, I'm thinking, this is nightmarish. You, mm. you have shows like um, Battlestar Galactica, that that ran into all sorts of problems, having shiny metal uh, reflective surfaces and and forever having to reshoot because <laughs> crews got reflected in it. And uh, for all the reflections that were inside that ship, they they did a very good job. I thought it it does help that they're very bumpy reflective surfaces yeah. and it obscures what is there. Yeah. Yep. Um, jumping ahead a bit, we'll we'll come back. But the the menagerie, yes, inside the ship, <laughs> just just all sorts of weird creatures and the the eye that goes. Yes. And then and the 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 gross alien with a cold. Yeah. Just. Just a nice selection of, of weird things. Yeah. Um, NASA, jumping back a bit, NASA has really lax security. <laughs> yeah, he uh, pulls across the curtain and the security guards don't, don't care. They go back to their card game and Ralph trundles along. No, I'm just going to keep playing our card game. Nobody's paying attention to the monitors around the spaceship. Nah. Nah. No. Well, it hasn't done anything, so... No. <laughs> just, just keep on keeping on. Um, 20 miles straight up is a really good gag. <laughs> oh, it was. Uh, yep. <laughs> how far away? Oh, 20 miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he's on the roof. <laughs> oh, uh, Max, uh, played by uh, Paul, Paul Rubens. Rubens, yes. Um, 
really like saying compliant in a chipper voice. <laughs> Just learning human concepts and imitating sounds. Even, even before the mind transfer, which does even more weird things to Max. <laughs> Speaking of brains... Right. That 10% nonsense again. <laughs> oh dear, yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, my understanding is uh, this, this whole uh, we only use 10% of our brains, no one can really identify where that came from. Right. Um, yeah, it, it just suddenly, uh, <laughs> I guess, became an urban legend and became... That sounds vaguely plausible. Yeah. I'll, I'll spruik that to the, all my friends, yeah. and eventually it'll be a thing. Yeah. Even if it's actually not. Yes. And then we spend the next act sort of looking at the ways that people interact with this weird spaceship. We, <laughs> we ask some, some, some quote-unquote geeks in a car for directions... And they floor it and run away. Yep. We we come to Hell's Gator City, <laughs> and this this gas station attendant <laughs> just <laughs> just gawking at it for the next five minutes. Does doesn't even look at David as he's giving him change no, for the phone. No, just hands it over and he's just and a gog. And then and the family rocks up. The family rocks up. This this is the duality of man. <laughs> so, so, some people will be dumbfounded, and others will just assume that that's supposed to be there. Yeah, well, it's part of the, the gator... What's it called? Owl's Gator City. Yes. Yeah. Which it's, is it's rubbish, but your, your spaceship's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I push down on the stairs and they only wiggle a bit. <laughs> uh, got to be some, some fancy compositing going on there. Yeah, yeah. He just said he wanted to phone home. <laughs> uh, uh, and I, I can imagine being in the cinema and, and hearing the groans when there was... <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> just wanted uh, to phone home. And uh, then I didn't make a lot of notes after that. Because no. there's not actually a lot else that happens after that. He he goes back in. He survives the time travel. You, you missed the uh, the peeing joke that he leaks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, that, yes. that happened. It that did. Totally passed me by. Cause <laughs> <it> just... <laughs> Uh, yeah, he goes back in, he survives the time travel back, ends up back at the bottom of the ravine, and and makes his way back through the woods, across the tracks, to the back door, but doesn't open it, because he's called over to the boat. Yep. Because it's the 4th of July. It is. It is. And we're going to set off the, some fireworks. The family is, well, he is reunited with his family. Who are blissfully unaware of the uh, the fact that this is a reuniting mm. after all manner of and that, confusion and that he's gained a new appreciation. That's right. Yeah, and keeps the alien. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, a sweet ending. 
Yeah. And and roll credits over aerial footage. Indeed. Well, they certainly captured a lot of aerial footage. And, uh, I, they probably paid a pretty penny for it, so mm. why not run it for the the closing credits? And it looked pretty specky too. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> there, there are points where it's... That it, sorry, there's one point where it's very obvious that it's been sped up, which is... One point? <laughs> well, it, it transitions into what looks like normal speed. Yes. Like I said, there's some things that hold up reasonably and yep. some things that don't. Yep. <sighs> it's a good film. It is a good film. If, if you can watch it, do so. Yep. I believe it's on Disney Plus in the US... Um, and staying in Australia, and you'll have to check your local guides for any other country. Mm. So, yes, it's on Disney Plus in the US. There we go. Or rent it from AMC Theatres on demand. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Well, we might move on then. Yes. We should move on. We really should. Look at that time. Yes, all right. Well, I had things to talk about you this did. time. You did. And I did. I, I gave you a challenge last week. Yeah. And I think you, you grabbed the bull yeah. by the horns and... Uh, okay. All right. So. The following segment is probably really boring. Looking at last week's comments. Oops. Uh, nothing outside of Facebook, really, apart from comments on me doing a, a song. Yes, you did a song. I did a song, and people commented on that. And was, thank you. It was good. Um, Helen asks, uh, is this annoying? She did. And I decided not to encourage it. <laughs> it's reasonable, reasonable choice. Yes. Uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff commented something. on your your continued ability to write lyrics in the middle of your book. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, and Lee says that he likes robots. And and thank you, Lee, for sharing yeah. that with with um, our our fellow face. Viewers, we're not, and we're now sharing it with our dear listener. We're not sure exactly what Lee means by this. I it's, think he means that he likes robots. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lowercase r. Yeah. So he's not talking about the the animated film robots. No, no. I think in general he's referring yeah. to the fact that possibly he has an affinity with Ralph. Maybe that's Ooh, what he was hinting at. That could be it. I don't know, though. I don't know. Or Max. Or Max. Max is, Max is sort of a robot. I think so. Yeah. Um, but we don't know for sure. We're not entirely sure. Because... Can't, I can't remember saying anything in the previous episode about robots. No, I can't either. Hmm. So, um... Maybe it's a comment from the future... This is this is possible. And when iRobot pops up in the uh, the podcast, <laughs> it's actually in reference to 
to that episode, that podcast. Well, if there's if there's robots in the future, I for one welcome our robot overlords. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, no total mystery. No. no. Um, anything else? No, I'm not seeing anything I, else. I'm going to throw something random in here that I learnt today. Well, good thing this segment is untitled and therefore can be about anything we choose. Okay, Randy Newman. Okay, yes. What immediately springs to mind? Uh, Toy Story. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got a friend in me. Well, thank you very much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, uh, Quite quite famous. Mm. Uh, I don't think I had entirely clicked as to how famous uh, the Newman family is actually is there's there's a plethora of newmans all related who amongst them have received numerous academy awards i think it was 12 academy awards amongst right. them right uh, as well as 90 odd um, um okay he has an uncle or had an uncle called alfred newman and uh, he was quite a prolific uh, early soundtrack writer and really developed the technique. But he's possibly, okay, so this is his uncle. He is possibly most famous for composing this little ditty. Um, yes. So yeah, there's there's the 20th century fanfare. It is, um, and which eventually became the 20th century Fox fanfare, and has now become the 20th century, century fanfare. fanfare. Yes, that's um, that's what I was saying. And in fact, the um, it used to not have the da 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 So that bit was added. In the 50s, he re- reworked the bit when um, cinema was sort of becoming a, not a thing and television was uh, really taking over the, the entertainment industry. And so they developed Cinemascope. When he reworked that piece of music, it had the 20th century logo. And then when it played that second bit, it had in Cinemascope. Right. Um, yes, the the Cinemascope logo. And and various things would end up appearing along the bottom of the screen as, as time went on. I'll put a link to a podcast called 20,000 Hertz, which deals with audio and sound. And there's an episode on the 20th Century Fox uh, fanfare. So. And this is what 20,000 Hertz sounds like. Hopefully quite brief, because it's a high-pitched tone. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, brilliant name for a podcast. Mm. And a brilliant podcast, too. So I will put a link in the show notes for that. Anyway, so uh, th- that uh, ran a bit of information, yes. Has, <laughs> has extended this episode even, even further. further. Hey, let's move on, then. Yeah. Mm. Pick a film for next week. So we can go to bed. 
It's your turn. It is. And look, I, I, I'm not sure whether I'm going to do this or not. I did have a brief thought of an inkling. Right. Uh, of, of choosing something. It was when I went searching for Fly to the Navigator. Right. Uh, on Stan, and it popped up a film that I haven't seen in years. Right. I thought, oh, this could be really dangerous. Ooh. Yeah, um, it, it may hold up really, really badly. The truth is I really don't have a great memory of what I thought of it at the time. So do I risk it? Ooh. Do I risk it or do I? And I think now that I've said all that, we're yeah. going to have to. Yeah. Okay. You've, you've done it now. Uh, the movie stars Sean Astin. He of Samwise Gamgee That's That's the one. And Will Wheaton. Right. Of Star Trek The Next Generation. Among other things. Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. Um, the dice, the desktop. Tabletop. Tabletop game. And numerous other actors. The film came out in... Look, I thought it was 1990, but this is saying 91... A group of troublemaking boys decide to take a stand when terrorists seize control of their boarding school. Right. The film is called Toy Soldiers. And I think we're going to do that. Yeah. Because I want to watch it again. And it could be really, really bad. For those of you listening at home, <laughs> what is your memory of this film? <laughs> yes, that's what we're going to watch. Toy Soldiers with Sean Aston and Will Wheaton. I think Will Wheaton actually says Rudy words. Ooh. Yes, which, which caused quite a riot considering uh, uh, Wesley Crasher would never say words like that. Ah, uh, yes, because all, all characters are direct reflections of the actors who play them. Yeah, um, and he said naughty words in uh, Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. So, that <laughs> um, anyway, well, all actors are their characters, and there is Absolutely. no distinguishing them whatsoever. That's right. Yes. Okay. So that's next week. That is. That hope, is next week. Hope you can join us. Hope it's a little shorter than this week's episode. What? What's it looking like right now? Um, almost fifty-one minutes. Ooh. Yeah, that'll, it's, that'll it's be your fault. You waffled on. That'll be statistically interesting. <laughs> that'll be statistically interesting. Yeah, yeah. Our dear listener Helen uh, may have to walk a little further. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to have to pull up the sheet now and see where it where it's sitting. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but by doing so, you're making this episode I longer. Am, I am. Yes. Um, um, and and so every time you check, it, it was in. <laughs> What's on the shelf? It, it gets it? longer, and then you check it again, and it gets longer. It's it's up there. As long as you don't add anything particularly, it it won't be the longest. What, well, like you are doing now? Mm. <laughs> All right. Shouldn't have told me. What was the I longest? Sh- uh, secret mission at fifty-four forty-one. How on earth did that get so long? I believe it was our last. One oh, it was our last episode, podcast. and so we we were getting through the the dregs of that wonderful competition that 
I think we'll revive. Not. Mm. (laughs) This might have a higher episode length to film run time ratio. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, is that what we're going to aim for from here on in? We have uh, to maintain a ratio of, uh, yes. Well, well, that was 58.17%. Right. So, when we get round to watching Lawrence of Arabia, um, our podcast is going to be very long. Ben-Hur, The Ten Commandments, mm. all very, yeah. very long films that are on our shelves. Yes. We were wrapping up. <laughs> Let's wrap up. And then there's Fall of the Roman Empire, which had a ratio of, Oh, dear. And was still 47 minutes long. This is on a spreadsheet, is it? Yep, this this is... Uh, We have a bit of a family history of spreadsheets. Mm. uh, All right. Hey. We were wrapping up. Catch you next week. Mm. Bye. You have been listening to Cellulose Free. Your hosts were Colin, who produces and edits the show, and Thomas, who makes the artwork and music. Cellulose Free is recorded in the Deranged Cat Studios in scenic Tasmania, Australia. We keep track of our extensive physical media collection through My Movies, which we highly recommend. You can find links to that, as well as other places you can find us in the show notes. Cellulose Free is a High Hello production. You could catch me out, didn't you? (laughs) You failed. Short and to the point. You have failed miserably. (sighs) You've done it now. Uh, The movie stars Sean Bean. Right. Sean Bean? Sean... Guy what died a lot in films, and so they told people to stop no, killing people. No, not that. No, not Sean, that one. Okay. The, Sean Penn? No. no. The, the film... The film stars Sean Austin. Right. Or is it Aston? <laughs> Very helpful. Okay. Well... We'll come in again. (laughs) No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Okay. The film stars Sean Astin.